This week, I sit down with my sister, Brooke, from the blog Female Foodie, but we don't talk much about food. We actually talk about how she completed an Ironman, which is a 2.4-mile swim, 114 miles on the bicycle, and then a 26.2-mile full marathon at the end. She went from being that girl in grade school who absolutely hated the mile run and was one of the last to finish to hearing the words, Brooke Elison, you are an Ironman. I can't wait for you guys to be inspired by her story of overcoming obstacles and even people who doubted her and relive her experience training for and completing an Ironman. You guys, I'm here with my sister, Brooke Elison from Female Foodie. So say hi, Brooke. Hey, guys. Um, and I am going to be interviewing her. Well, first, I'm just going to introduce her because I feel like even though I know her really well, you guys might not. So give us your little like background on who you are, what you're doing with your life, all of that. Cool. Well, thanks so much for having me. It is an honor to be here. I'm Brooke. I'm your younger sister. My only sister. <laughs> your my yeah, your favorite sister. My favorite sister. Yeah, I'm just like Corinne from Salt Lake City. We grew up in the same household. <laughs> and shared a bathroom. I, yes, we shared a bathroom. And a blow dryer. And a blow dryer. Did we share a blow dryer? Yes. Yeah. I think we there shared a There were many wars things. over the blow dryer. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I tell people I'm from Salt Lake, but in reality I'm kind of living on the road slash homeless right now. I'm, Do you like the word nomad? I think yeah, of you nomadic. as a nomad. That's probably a better word to yes. say than homeless. So I married Cody a few years ago in 2015, and he's from Dallas. And then we lived in Salt Lake for two years and then in Austin for a year. And I have a blog called Female Foodie, and I write about different restaurants across the country and only the best yeah restaurants right only the best restaurants that's a big deal no mediocre food only like really good places so I started the blog in 2010 but I wasn't like super consistent about it probably till like 2014 okay so really like seriously probably yeah about five years now Basically, we came at kind of a crossroads. We lived in Austin for a year, and Austin's a really cool city, but we didn't think it was the city for us in terms of, like, buying a house there or staying there. And you were doing professionally on the side. Yep, speech-language pathology. Yeah, so I am a speech-language pathologist. Shout out to all my SLP homies out there. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I like to work in an acute care setting, so I've worked in a few different hospitals, and I really love that. But I actually, I'm kind of all over the place with this explanation. But had George, my baby, nine months ago, actually this week, and he was born June 3rd last year. And the day after your birthday. The day after my birthday, yeah. He was due on the 1st. I thought we might have a shared birthday, but he was born the day after. But I knew, like, I wanted to be able to work from home. And so, honestly, like, leading up to pregnancy and then having him, I wanted to be able to make my blog, like, more of a thing where I could provide an income and work from home. So. I was able to do that, and after I had him, we came to this crossroads where we decided we wouldn't be staying in Austin, and we just talked and talked about traveling, and we were like, no, should we do that? We don't want to be like the prototypical millennials that are like irresponsible and like (laughs) chasing wanderlust. (laughs) Yeah, but we just decided that for our goals and opportunities, my husband Cody works remotely, and we just decided we couldn't pass it up. So 
we packed all of our stuff up in September of last year. We sold almost all of our belongings. We didn't sell the baby crib, though, that you gifted us. (laughs) Oh, I would not have been offended if you had. Well, I didn't want to get rid of it. I just felt like, anyway, we got rid of a lot of our stuff. But that was one thing we did keep. And then we, Cody drove all of our stuff up from Austin to Salt Lake. (laughs) And I flew. nice. Yeah, he Cody, and his brother. <laughs> we're both married to like the nicest guys ever. I know. Really. They're both they're very similar. Just yeah. super low key, super chill, super nice guys. Yeah, like genuinely kind. Yeah. Just like us. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Cody, anyway, I'm making this way longer than it needs to be, but we have our stuff in storage and we started traveling and we've been spending a month in a lot of these places because we rent with Airbnb just as if we're like renting a furnished apartment. And so you can save a lot of money if you like rent an entire place for a month. So we did a month in like Montana just for fun, not because it's like any kind of foodie destination. Because you have ties to that. Yeah, that's where like I started female foodie and I just, it's my favorite state and I've slowly kind of like converted Cody to loving Montana too. Um, And then we spent a month in Seattle, which was really cool. That's where our mom's family's from. So the food there is amazing. And Grandma Japanese is still there. Grandma Japanese is still there. My mom's mom, our mom's mom is full Japanese. So we've always called her Grandma Japanese. Grandma Japanese, yeah. It was so fun. Like we spent Thanksgiving with them and... It was just really cool. And then we spent a month in Portland, just shy of a month, because then we did, you know, Christmas in Utah, and then a month in crazy LA. (laughs) And then we're just finishing up right now with a month in San Diego. So amazing. I think a lot of people would look at that and think, wow, I wish I would have done something like that before my kids were older and life was crazy. So I think it's really cool that you guys are just living it up. Yeah, we, I mean, that's a lot of why we do, we're doing it. We, of course, like, it's really fun and enjoyable. It's also a lot of work too, but we just feel like we might not ever get this chance again. So for sure. Yeah. We're really glad we're doing it. That's so cool. So before we move on from that, what has been like the most unexpected thing that's happened to you since you've been on this nomadic journey? And what's the best thing you've eaten since you've been on the road. Oh my gosh. So those are my two questions for you. (sighs) Yeah. You know, I actually will say something like, I think it probably sounds chaotic and it is chaotic when we're transitioning. It just feels kind of like, oh, we have to figure our lives out again. And that's like probably the hardest part is the first day or two. Cause it's just like, especially with a baby, this would be so much easier without a baby, but with a baby, it's like, is he going to sleep in that room? And where do we put his pack and play? And then we have like our stuff. We don't live like, even though we are living out of our suitcases, we like to like put our clothes away. And anyway, but once we do like put our stuff away, unpack our suitcases, it's really surprising how like we actually fall into a routine pretty well. And it feels like home. Yeah. It feels like home. Like in some ways (laughs) there's things we miss. Like we just like, we're sharing like a full-size bed right now and oh my god I'm like not a small person <laughs> neither of you are no like Cody's 6'3 they're really tall I'm six yeah we're just giant people <laughs> but like a full-size bed but you know and it's like not your pillow and yeah. anyway all these different places have pros and cons so those are kind of the times when I'm like oh, it would just be so nice to have our home but the key for us and 
kind of going back to your question, something that has surprised me is just like, we just kind of get into a routine in every place and we don't, it's not necessarily like vacation every day. We have a structure, like we go to bed at the same time, we get up at the same time, we do kind of the same type of things every day. But you adapt really well to an environment. Is Cody that same way too? Cody in general, yes. Like Cody always says, if as long as I have a really good Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> hashtag priorities. Right, hashtag priorities. Well, and because he works remote, like right. that's so important. Are we allowed to say what Cody does? Yeah. Cody works for a company called Study Soup. So it's based it's, in San Francisco. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a in essence, it's a tech startup, but he's been with them for I think like four years now, pretty much the whole time since we've been married. And it's an online platform where students can um, access like notes and tutoring and stuff like that. So he works on the operations side of things and he loves it. So cool. And he's going to school. He's, he's going just to like school. Neil, like <laughs> working full time, schooling full time. I know. And still being a good dad and husband. Yeah. He is going to school online and he graduates in April. I'm so excited for him. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. You guys really have worked hard with all of these goals and it just seems like everything's kind of finally completing. I don't know. (sighs) I, yeah. I mean, it just, it's definitely, I'm excited, especially for Cody to be done with school because ever since having a baby, it's like his work day ends, but then, then school starts. Then school starts, and I just think it'll be really nice for him to have just time, more time with family. So. Absolutely. Tell us the best thing that you've eaten so far on the road. Oh my gosh, that is so hard. I have eaten so many good things because that's what I go out at least once every day, like six times a week. Sometimes I eat out probably six to ten times every week, and I'm trying to go to like the best places but you probably don't run into a whole lot of debts you do your homework yeah yeah and it depends on the city too i'm probably gonna have to say just something that pops out immediately is sushi kashiba in seattle it's in pike place market oh okay and if anyone listening is super nerdy with food if you've seen jiro dreams of sushi it's really good like even if you're not super into food it's like like a netflix show it's yeah well it was in theaters and now it's on netflix and it's under their like critically acclaimed section so it's like it's really good it it does have subtitles (laughs) but um anyway it's basically a film about like the best what people consider to be like the best sushi master in japan aka in the world and there's a guy named Shiro who trained under him. And Shiro has a restaurant in Seattle. So it's pretty legit. Best thing you ever ate. Like maybe best, I don't know. Top five. Top five, yeah. For sure. So next your time top you're five. in Seattle, you have to go there. Okay. It's like now I'm amazing excited. sushi. Yeah. Did you eat there alone? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> it was just like one of those places where I could only get in like at nighttime and did you bring Cody leftovers is the more important question. I did. Oh, it was kind of weird because I was like eating at this really high-end <laughs> restaurant. But I was like, can you like – I'm like asking them to like box stuff as I eat. Like, can you like set this aside in a box? And they're like, sure. Like, That's so funny. Aren't you going to just eat it? But Cody was appreciative. Yeah. He's also – that's like his part-time gig, right? Eating your leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, when you eat at all these great places, you know. He gets all the leftovers. Yeah. I'm sure he's not mad about it. I wouldn't be. Yeah. Sometimes he's kind of like, eh, that doesn't look good. But most of the time he's like, okay, I'll try this. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Okay, so now we're going to jump into the Iron Man, but I want to start way before the Iron Man because I remember you posting about how it may have even been on your personal Instagram, which, by the way, let's shout out your Instagram right now. Okay, female foodie. At female foodie. At female foodie. If you don't follow her yet. But this was quite a while ago. I remember you talking about how you were like, I'm not a runner. I hate it. Or maybe you were reflecting, but you were talking about how at one point you were like, I hate running. I'm never going to run. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not my thing. Yeah. So start me <laughs> out there. Okay. Well, I think that, like, honestly, that really dates back to, like, Mueller Park Junior High. Shout out to middle school MPJH. days. MPJH. <laughs> and, like, Bountiful High. And I just, my earliest memories of running were the mile run. And I always hated, like, middle school dreaded it middle school gym because it's like you're expected to like work out oh just like the smells of the locker room and the matching pe outfits anyway and then they expected us to go to class right after yeah and like shower or like and who Who showers showers at school come on so i i don't know that was my first memory was just being like i hate like i just felt like i wanted to die the whole time running that mile and then i played volleyball like throughout um junior high and high school and i was always the slowest one when we did like ladders there was one girl that I consistently could beat but I mean she was always like neck and neck with me like when we were doing ladders or running laps like I was always the last one and I always just hated it but but like I always wanted to be a runner because I just envied like I looked at the track kids and I was like oh my gosh like how cool would it be to just like put shoes on and go for a run for like 45 minutes I just like dreamed of that honestly that was never my dream (laughs) my dream this is so pathetic but I would look at the cheerleaders and be like those are really cute outfits that they get to wear so I want to be a cheerleader too that was the only reason was for the outfit okay I definitely I had dreams of being a cheerleader too but those were squandered pretty early on yeah me too yeah but anyway okay so back to your dream yeah I mean I remember telling our dad like I just want to be able to like throw on running shoes and run and just I've always thought it was really cool (laughs) to be a runner but I also knew like running was like really good for you and efficient and just like I just wanted to be a runner so and our dad's a runner he's an avid runner yeah dad's run forever dad has a really cool story about how like (laughs) I think we've heard the story so many times but it's such a good one he talks about like being I think it was in law school maybe underground I can't remember but he talks about like how he ran, it was like one or two miles for the first time, and he just felt incredible, and he just made it a habit, and he's always preached to us, like, how good it is for mental health and physical health, and anyway, um, so when I was, I had, like, been in college a couple years, I think it was, um, gosh, it was probably, like, 2010 or somewhere around there, I was talking to, actually, our dad and our Uncle Brett, and dad was like, you just have to like give it six weeks just try it for six weeks and don't do it every single day do it like three times a week and don't do it back-to-back days which is a mistake I had made previously I was like I'm gonna be a runner so I would like run a mile and then try to run a mile the next day or something and if once you like really start to run and still to this day like I don't run a lot of back-to-back days oh I didn't know that yeah unless I'm like seriously training training for something and even so like you really don't I still don't run a lot of back-to-back days because you need to recover because it's it's hard on your body. So okay. he was like, just run for six weeks and see how you feel. And so 
I started out so small. I The first week, I think I ran one mile, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then the next week, it was a mile and a half. And if I, like, missed it on one run, I would go back the next week and do, like, a mile and a half again. Because I just wanted to, like, really build. I didn't want to go too fast. And it was really hard, too. And when was this? Um, This was probably 2011 at this point. 2010, 2011. And, and what were you doing in your life? I was at the University of Utah, go Utes, and um, I was just Sophomore wrapping year, up, junior year? Senior year. Okay. I was just wrapping up my, eh, maybe it was like my junior But I just transferred to the U from Utah State, and I, um, anyway, so I just remember going to the field house at the U and trying to do this, and right at about the same time, this is what honestly really, like, inspired me and just totally got the juices flowing was... One of my really good friends um, ran a half marathon and a friend and I went to go watch her cross the finish line and I was just blown away. Like, have you been to like a finish line of like, like a half marathon? Just virtually, just yours. Just virtually. Okay, but it's the same thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was cool. You watch it. I mean, you could pull up a YouTube video and watch it. You watch people cross the finish line, but even for a half marathon, especially too for like a marathon, and you see people cross that finish line, and it brings you to tears. Like, right. And something too that was really interesting to me was I saw a girl cross the finish line that I knew from school growing up, and I was like, oh my gosh, if she can do this, like I can do it. And I was really inspired by her and... I ended up signing for a half, signing up for half marathon because I just thought like that day, pretty soon after, like, okay. and at this point, I think I had built up to like four miles or something like that. But okay, so you're kind of getting into the habit. Yeah, and I just want to pause too, really quick. <laughs> if anyone's out there listening who is thinking about becoming a runner, I still to this day feel like the first two or three miles are the hardest. And I actually remember Neil right in this time of my life, like talking about training probably for this half marathon that I signed we up for. We got right in 2011 and we dated for two years. So yeah, you, you would, would have been, been around him a lot yeah, at that point. Yeah. I remember, no, I remember Neil telling me, you know, you, after like the first five miles, it just becomes so second nature. You just get in a rhythm. And I remember my jaw dropping and looking at him and thinking like, you are crazy. That's so funny. (laughs) But it's true. Like, after, like, three to five miles, at least for me personally, like, I feel like I'm really in a rhythm, and it just, it does become a lot easier. Your heart rate lowers, and you just kind of, anyway, so I just, it just took me a long time to fight through that initial, like, really hard phase. So you sign up for this half marathon because you're inspired by this girl. Mm -hmm. So then what happens? Is it half marathon, like, pretty doable? The half marathon is doable, and I think it's the most fun distance race you can do for just running because it's challenging if you're training for it you're still going to get great workout throughout the whole process but you end it and you feel so accomplished and the half marathon was really hard for me it wasn't like easy by any means how many miles Um, was 13.1 miles so I just remember like feeling pretty good the first few miles and then my ipod I think I actually had like an actual ipod at this point it like froze because it was pretty cold. <laughs> like the temperature like froze the battery. That's so awful. Yeah. And at this point I was really, really reliant on music too. Like to me. keep you like motivated yes. and pumped up and excited. Yeah. Like I only had like certain songs that could like keep me like revved up. And so my iPod died and I was just like, oh. <laughs> but, um, 
And then the last three miles I remember being really hard, but I did it and just I've and like, you know me, I'm not a super emotional person. And I just like cried my whole way across the finish line. And it was like mom and dad were there. Yeah. Dad, I think, was out of town, but mom was there. And I actually started like getting emotional like a mile before um, I crossed the finish line and then I couldn't breathe. So I was like, okay, keep it together. But I just I don't know. For me, that was a really big moment because I felt like. I can do anything like I'm and just to give some context like I am really slow I am really tall like I'm not I'm not the person that you know kind of back to like the earlier story about like the track kids growing up like that's just not natural for me it's not natural for me to be like I'm just gonna go you know sprint and run like six miles it comes with a lot of work but it just to cross that finish line for me was like I love this and I was addicted to that The runner's high? Yeah, the runner's high, but just, like, feeling like I can do anything and all the training and all the hard work was so worth it even just for, like, those five seconds of crossing the finish line. That's so cool. Okay, I don't want to forget to ask you this question, so I'm going to ask you really quick. What's, like, what's your music that you listen to? What pumps you up? Because I know the type of music you like to listen to, like, in the car, but I'm guessing (laughs) it's probably different. Oh, my gosh. Pump up music. Well, now I'm boring and I just, okay, I shouldn't say boring, but now I'm like, I just listen to podcasts. That's awesome. Now I listen to the Mint Arrow podcast oh, yes. when I run. But um, music that like really pumps me up, I have a playlist, like the songs <laughs> that I used when I was training for my Iron Man. They're just very like, I, they're random. They're just random songs. Like, Is it on Spotify? Oh. Gosh, I don't think I want to like share these. It's kind of embarrassing, but no, it's okay. I've got like "Save the Night" by John Legend. I love John Legend. Okay, and then I like I love seventies music, and so I like to listen to Fleetwood Mac. Like "The Chain" is a really good one. Okay, and then um, here's another one: uh, "Believer" by Imagine Dragons. Shout out to. A Utah original. So Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah. So those are just like a few I don't know. I'm not like our brother Jake who's like so, obsessive like about he music. Lives, <laughs> eats, sleeps, and breathes music. Yeah. Literally. No, I just kind of have like random ones that I cycle through over and over and over. But yeah, I'm kind of a now I'm more of like podcast person. And do you go on runs like dad and just like in silence so you can think? Sometimes. Yeah. But that it's taken me a long time to get there. I mean, honestly, when I started running, like, right when I told the story about, like, talking to dad, I would have to find songs that would be, like, exactly to the rhythm of the steps that I was running on the treadmill. Just to keep you going. Just to keep me going. And I, like, could not run. Without it. Without that, those type of songs, so. But it's kind of like a muscle. It just gets easier as you keep doing it. I think so. I mean, it's literally you're using muscles, but I just mean, like, mentally you just get into that, like, okay, I'm in the zone and I know how to do this. I know my body can do it. Yeah, no, exactly. It just gets easier. Okay. So you did the half, then like the day after, are you like, now I'm going to run a marathon? Yeah. Like I th- I think it was like pretty soon after I finished the half, I just was addicted and I was like, okay, if I can do half, I can do a full. So I signed up for a full marathon. Where was your first um, full? It was the Ogden Marathon and it poured like the whole day. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> but I just, same thing. Like I trained, I was really dedicated to my training and I like... You Where did what? you find, did you like look stuff up on the internet? Did At this point, do you have a coach? Do you, or are oh, you just. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't have a coach. I had one 
mentor who I'd met actually in West Yellowstone, this guy who like coaches people running, he had kind of given me a couple training plans, but no, like no coach. I just, I just would like have a little plan that I would follow and then just try to like get out and do the runs. So, Six days a week? Um, no, even for like a longer marathon, like four to five times a week, wow. usually four. Okay. But it also kind of depends on like how aggressively you're training for something. But for me, especially for my first marathon, and I recommend this to anyone who runs or starting running just your first one it's just the goal should be to finish because your whole rest of your life if you keep running is going to be to like try and beat that time so oh interesting okay so the first one like my goal was literally just to cross the finish line but um yeah I mean I trained and again same kind of experience like challenging you know halfway through it I was just like why did I sign up for this (laughs) But then you just, I mean, you see people out there showing up, you know, our parents were there like cheering me on and that just like melted me into a puddle because it's just so like symbolic, you know, to see the support and then crossing the finish line and just being like, I ran a marathon. Is Cody in your life at this point or no? No, this was like probably 20, that actually that same year. No, probably the next spring. So 20, like 12 or 2013. Yeah. Okay. So, so you do the half, you do the marathon and then what? And then I kept running throughout the next few years and, um, back up to 2010, actually 2010, I remember where I was in West Yellowstone. It was one of the summers that I was there. One of my friends told me about this Ironman race. And I remember thinking, um, he told me like, yeah, I just met these people and they're doing this thing called the Ironman and these people are insane. And like, he told me what the race is. And if you're not aware of what the Ironman race is, it's a 2.4 mile swim. It's a 112 mile bike ride and then a full marathon, 26.2 miles of running. And I just remember him telling me this and being like, well, I'm never going to do that. And those (laughs) people are nuts and, but cool. Like I was definitely very intrigued. Like, wow, people, it's, that's physically, humanly possible. So that was like where I learned about it. That's, it still blows my mind. Every time that somebody says the stats on that, I'm just like, what? (laughs) No, my reaction, especially initially was the same, just like, that's humanly possible. And then something that really like lit a fire in me was in the year, probably like the year before I got married, probably like 2014, I was in Salt Lake City. I was in a singles ward for our church, which is a ward where people go if they're not married. And we got a new bishop and my bishop's wife. She's just an absolute role model to me. I just adore and love her. And she's this beautiful woman. And she was so kind to me. And she sat down and introduced herself to me. And then like, we just start talking about like running and then like, I don't know how this came up, but she eventually, it comes out that she's done an Ironman race. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I just interrogated her and I was like, tell me everything. How did you do it? How long did you train? I was just so like fixated on the, still the fact that someone could do it. But then now it was like someone I knew had done it and I and made it a little bit more real for sure. And actually she ended up like inviting me to train with her for marathons. So I ran like a couple other marathons over the years. Like which ones? Um, I, I did Ogden. I just kept doing Ogden because okay. it was like, I was going for the whole Michael Phelps, like just do the same thing over and over. Yes. And like, I also got rained on over and over. Oh no. Almost every year. Yeah. Like what I've done. What time of year is that again? It's May. It's like usually toward the third or fourth week of May. And okay. 
When Utah's still confused about what season it is. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I had run, I had like trained over the next couple of years for a couple, the same marathon. And I ended up running a lot with my bishop's wife, Shauna. Anyway, so we just became really close and she's one of my really dear friends. And I just kind of would ask her from time to time about the Ironman and you know, when you're running and training long distance, that stories from that come up. And so anyway, she just like really just planted a seed in me. And then kind of- I have a dumb question. How long does it take you to get to the point where you can run and have a conversation? Because to me, that is like so far beyond (laughs) any reality. Um, I'm not a runner. (laughs) Not yet. Not until after this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me personally- probably like honestly 20 to 40 minutes give or take like it takes a while no i mean how much running how how oh, like, long had you been running before you were like i'm so comfortable doing this i can run with a friend and have a conversation honestly to this day like if it, it's still hard for me sometimes to do okay. that like i feel i honestly and genuinely still feel like every run is hard but wow. it's not as hard okay it's just still like i like i went on a run couple days ago and I it still was hard but it wasn't as hard as like when I first started like when I first started I would say on a scale of one to ten like this is a nine like Mm -hmm. can I do this and now it's like a six or seven it's challenging but it's like but I think it took me I don't know probably like I would say probably two or three months and running is something too that you have to keep up on right it's like where you kind of lose it yeah, like I know you're an active person, like, and when you like stop working out, you can feel it, and then you're right. like sore the next time, and you're like completely out of breath. So it's the same type of thing. I'm definitely in that zone right now, like <laughs> trying to get back into the game, and it's hard. But then, like you know, I mean, after a couple of weeks, you're like, oh, okay, I don't right. feel like I'm gonna die every time right. I do this. So totally. But yeah, so um, we became close, and she really just like kind of got me really just not necessarily interested, but just really intrigued. And then fast forward to the, gosh, this had to have been, Cody and I got married in 2015. This had to have been like 2016, maybe about a year after we got married. And we signed up for our first sprint triathlon together. So for people who don't know, there's the most basic distances for triathlons are like sprint and then Olympic and then like half Ironman and Ironman. So a sprint is like the shortest, easiest triathlon you can do. And if anyone's like thinking about, oh, should I get into triathlon? It's a great place to start. So, so what are the distances for sprint? Oh, gosh. You know, honestly, a lot of them are different. But off the top of my head, like. Just like ish ballpark. Ish. I mean, oh, I couldn't even tell you like the yards or meters for the swim. That's how bad, like how removed I am. But the swim is like, I don't know, maybe like a quarter mile. Okay. Quarter mile or something like that. And then the the bike is like 10 to 20 miles-ish. And then the run is like a 5K. Okay, so that's think about, helpful. Think like about a like five, a five, I've done a 5K yeah. before. No, okay. <laughs> so like think about a 5K, but like for swimming and biking and running. Like okay. challenging, but like doable. doable. for yeah. pretty much anyone. Yeah. I mean, so Cody and I like... <laughs> trained for this we didn't train very well but we like went to the pool a couple times together Cody was like oh I grew up with a pool so he's like trying to show me how to like fix my stroke and 
Anyway, we totally just hacked our way through this, but we decided to do this um, sprint triathlon. It was Where a was it? Jordan L triathlon. Okay. Yeah, so it was like a really cool local race. and That's in Utah for yep. anyone who's not from Utah. Yeah, it's between, Jordan L's like what, between like. Salt Lake um, and Park City, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, near like, it's between like um, Heber and like uh, Camus, right? I think that's where. Oh, yeah, it is a little past Park City. Yeah. It's in that area. Okay. Anyway, so we sign up for this race. We show up. I still remember, like, we're, like, biking to the start line, barely on time. We have, like, bags and our stuff is just, like, flying everywhere. I have pedals still on my bike. Like, we didn't even have shoes with clips. Like, I had a bike that Cody bought for me just, like, randomly online. He had a bike from a pawn shop. <laughs> um, we'd rented our wetsuits like the day before, never swam with them. We totally just showed up. But I did that race and I was like, this is really cool. You loved it. I loved it. And we at this point had been married for a year and we knew that we probably wanted to start trying to have kids like probably the next year. And I just, my wheel started turning and then to make matters more just urgent, I opened my phone one morning and saw my really good friend Heather cross the finish line of Ironman Santa Rosa. And I was like, I have to do this race. Like, I just watched her and, I mean, Heather is, she's try and run girl on Instagram. It's Heather Jensen and she actually ended up doing Ironman Santa Rosa and NBC like followed her the following year we'll put her tag in the show notes too and by the way if you ever are listening to this and you want to get the show notes just emailed to you every time there's a new episode so that you don't have to remember to come to our podcast page then you can go to mintarrow.com slash podcast and you can sign up to have the show notes sent right to you and then a little reminder every time we have a new episode it's really nice or you can just go to mintarrow.com slash podcast and we have all the show notes there, so we'll have your link and hers. All the and links. We'll have all the references cool. to everything we're talking about. But yeah. anyway, well, so. H- well, Heather's amazing. So it's not like she was <laughs> like this, you know, like she's a very seasoned athlete, triathlete, runner, and athlete thing. as a whole. This is her jam. Like this is what she does. But I still was so inspired by it. And I immediately got on my phone and was looking at races and I – was I saw that this Ironman Santa Rosa was in a year um, on like July 30th of the following year. And I just, my heart was set on it and my wheel started spinning and I, and, and I it was, was on a Saturday. That was important, right? Yeah, it was on a Saturday. I knew I didn't want to do a race on a Sunday. And there's, there's not a lot of Ironman races that aren't on Sundays. Most of them are on Sunday. There are a few. There's certain ones that aren't um, on Sundays, but this one, like, wasn't on a Sunday. It was in the middle of the summertime. It was a year out, and I was just like, I have to do this race. Let's talk about for just, like, two quick seconds why it mattered to you to do it on – to not do it on a Sunday. There are going to be a few people who are going to be like, why does it matter? Yeah, that's a great question. So just like my sister Corinne, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we don't – we try to keep Sunday as a holy day. And so certain things we don't do, like we don't go to eat on Sundays. So even like on this trip that I'm on, like it's really hard, but we try to not go out to eat on Sundays. Um, We don't work on Sundays. And so just for me, like sports are the same thing. So. Well, and that's one of the Ten Commandments found in the Bible. So that's 
you know, right. not just yeah. a it's not just our church thing. That's sure. like, you know, a lot of people, well, and a lot of other religions that aren't Christian practice a Sabbath day. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's just a matter of like us trying to keep the Sabbath day holy, which is again, one of the 10 commandments. So. For sure. And I just like, honestly, I knew I would need God's help to do this a lot of it. And so I can be kind of like, I don't know. Like, I just, I just feel like if we can, like, if, like, if there is a non-Sunday race, then I might as well just do that one. Why not? Yeah. So. That makes sense. Yeah. So you see your friend, what was her name again? Heather Jensen. Heather Jensen. Is that her Instagram? Heather Jensen? It's Try and Run Girl. Try and Run. That's, that's cute. Little play on words. Uh Okay. See Try and Run. Cross the finish line. And you're like, I'm doing this. Yes. I was like, I'm doing this race. And so actually, like, I decide I'm doing this race. We do the sprint triathlon. And then I actually made a phone call. And I called um, an organization. And I was like, I want to run an iron or whatever, complete an Ironman in a year. And they were like one guy just kind of like answered the phone and was like, oh, we'll talk to this guy. And then I called another guy or yeah, I think he like had me call someone else. And then when you say organization, do you mean like a coaching company? Yeah, it was like a a club specifically for triathlon. And then like I called this other guy and he was like, well, you want to do it in a year? I don't know. You just have to have so much more experience and he just kind of like brushed it off and was like, yeah, you kind of want to do this for a few years, which I mean, in his defense, it's, it's not very typical to like start to finish doing Ironman in one year. Okay. Most people train for how long? Yeah. Most people like kind of work up to it. Like they'll do a few Olympics and then a few sprints and then a few half Ironmans. And then like, I know a lot of athletes who it's taken them a few years to be like, okay, I'm going to finally go for it. Yeah. Okay. So I think they were just trying to like shoot me straight, but that was kind of my first encounter. And I was just kind of like, should I do it? And what ended up happening, which is really interesting is I actually won one on Instagram, a giveaway with this, this triathlon club. I want to give away for a biking course where you can like bring your actual bike into their building and it's really expensive. And so I was like, heck yeah, I'm doing this. I'm like deer in headlights right now. I didn't even know this part of the story. Yeah. So. yeah. No. So I, so I kind of like, I honestly feel like it was kind of meant to be because I win this giveaway for these classes. Um, and I just show up and I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, like I said, I was just like pedaling with my bike. So for the first time I have to go buy like actual bike shoes and clips. And also <laughs> I made so many mistakes on the way. Like I bought, um, road biking men's shoes and road biking clips, which are just totally different. Like Anyway, then a triathlon. I ended up, yeah, like okay, like because you, you want to like get in and out fast. Or, I'm sorry, why? did I say road bike? I meant mountain bike. Like I got mountain bike gear. Okay, but when you do a triathlon, you use a road bike. Okay, or a tri bike. Both of them are used for a triathlon. They're like specifically designed for like roads and to go fast. And mountain biking equipment is so different. Anyway, so like someone sold me the wrong equipment, but I just like showed up and was like, "What should I buy?" Anyway. And I think I was, like, borrowing some of Cody's biking shorts because <laughs> I didn't have any. But anyway, I just didn't have any of the equipment or gear, but I just, like, scrambled and showed up, and I really loved it. Like, I really, really love doing these indoor biking classes. And then at this point, I'm just immersed. 
Like I have triathletes everywhere, all around me. So at this point, what's that community like? Are they pretty supportive of each other? Are they competitive with each other? I think it's a mixed bag, honestly, just from my experience, especially being like a complete underdog. I felt like half of the people were just so gung ho for me, like so just I mean, I would ask the dumbest questions like, what do I do about my hair when I get out of the water? Because it's like something that I was struggling with. And I had like one lady was just like, oh, my gosh, here's what you do. Here's your three options. You know, there are people that would like get really detailed. What do you do? Um, I braided it and then like threw it up, but there's all kinds of random weird tricks. But anyway, but there were people like that who would just really get on my level and be like, okay, here's what you should do. And then there were not, I don't think it's fair to say like half, but there was a sprinkling of people that were kind of like, I'm too good to, I'm too too good. good I'm an elitist. Like, don't bother me. Yeah. I would say though, to be fair, like most people were really, really kind and just wanted me to love the sport. And so they like... They tried to just mentor you, mentor me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I get, I get in this class and everyone around me is signing up for races. And, um, a lot of people are like, what race are you going to do this year? And people start asking each other. And so I knew that I had this dream of doing this Ironman in July in Santa Rosa. And it was in the back of my mind the whole time, but I knew that I had to do a half Ironman first. Cause I was just like, I can't just jump from, you know, the sprint, the sprint to the Ironman. Yeah. So long story short, I hire this coach and she helps me train from, I think it was like the month of January until April. And I did the St. George half marathon or half Ironman, which is like one of the hardest half Ironmans you can do. But it was again, not on a Sunday. It was close. So I wouldn't have to pay all these crazy expenses to like ship my bike and everything. Some people say that's harder than a full Ironman because of, like, the, some of the hills and the conditions and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's, like, it's really hard. Like, the swim is pretty standard, but, yeah, the bike and the run are just super hilly. You're making it harder on yourself than, yeah. than a typical Ironman. Well, and in that half Ironman, I don't know if it's that way this upcoming year, but that's the world championship course. So wow. while you, like, are doing your own race, there's people from all over the world that are like competing you know for the, crazy. the championship okay so like anyway so um long story short I just kind of jump in and I did a lot of things that were super uncomfortable for me for the swim it was like I had to completely like relearn how to swim and stroke and I went to master classes in camps and um I had to get so much feedback because swimming is just honestly really hard Biking, I actually started to get stronger in these indoor classes, but the real obstacle here was like actually going out and biking and I had so many challenges with that, like Which that has to be hard if you're training where there's snow in the winter. Right. So like I would do a lot of the indoor um because of the snow and then I like um once it did get warm enough I tried to go outside and like on one particular day I just like couldn't make it up this one like silly little hill actually in hindsight too I found out like I wasn't shifting properly on my bike oh no so I was trying to like go bike up the hill 
in a gear that you should be using while you're like going downhill or flat. Anyway, I made so many mistakes and running was probably the easiest, most comfortable part. Um, but yeah, I just trained and I did the half Ironman and right before the half Ironman, I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I know I'm going to be able to do my half Ironman. And it was kind of like a time sensitive thing where like I needed to sign up. I needed to kind of prepare for it. So, um, I signed up for it a little prematurely and then I finished the half Ironman and I, it kicked my butt. Like it was really, really hard, but I was like, I can do this. Like I did it. And so I want to, you know, achieve that goal. And for me too, a big reason why I want to do the full Ironman is because like we wanted to have kids. And I knew for me that it just, you know, the training for especially like a full Ironman is like 15 to 20 hours a week. That's like so, a part-time job. Yeah, it is. And most people too, like that are super into this, like that's their thing, right? Like that's They're not like, doing anything else extra in life. Yeah. They're not like, I mean, that's what they're doing. So I was like, I've got to do it. I've got to do it now. So I just, yeah, I did the half and then I was like, I'm doing the full. So yeah, at this point, like I just kind of continued in my training. Okay. So you were still within the course of a year saying this is going to be my thing. So when did you sign up for it and commit to it? Like, okay, I'm now I've signed up for this. So the half Ironman was in May, I think. So I think it was like in April when I was like, I'm doing this. Like, Wow. Okay. I paid for it. It's so expensive too. Like, aside from everything, just the race itself is, like, $1,000 just to do it. That's so crazy. (laughs) Well, and then I remember you were doing things like, oh, I just, like, ran a marathon today to train for the Ironman. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, me too. Like, just no big deal. For the record, I never had to run a marathon to train, but I did have to do, like, several hundred milers on the bike. Um, You You ran some race, though. I remember you posted about it, and I was like, I didn't even know Brooke was doing that. Gosh, maybe it was like a half marathon. Maybe or it was, something. but you were just like, "Oh, I did this today." I yeah. Was like, what? No, it actually kind of surprised me how much I didn't run because the this bike and the swim is so grueling on you. Or sorry, the running is so hard on your body that because it's at the end. It's at the end, and it's just like if you think about like you know pounding the pavement and all like the impact. just the impact, yeah, that running has. It can take a lot out of your training week. So I actually ran a lot less than I thought I would, and I swam so much in my training. Like toward the end, it felt like it was like every day. <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's get into like the actual the Ironman. Like, were you yeah. nervous going into it, or were you like, I can do this, and I I'm confident in my body that this is going to happen and this is going to go great and I'm super excited like what were your feelings I was so nervous really yeah like I was honestly kind of sick like I was actually just thinking about this you know do you have you seen the hunger games yes like you know the part where they're all like standing there waiting for the countdown and like their supplies are in the middle and they're like running to like (laughs) you just like you watch that and your anxiety just like raises like that is what it's like waiting to do an Ironman you like train you put your heart into it and I I did not like I missed probably like two or three workouts in months of training like you were super dedicated yeah I had an app where my workouts were being like uploaded for me and I would check them off I didn't miss anything I gave it my all and we did this road trip we actually got to hang out with you here in California on the way and then we like road tripped all the way up to northern California and we just show up and my anxiety just got so bad. And you, when you do one of these races, you show up like two or three days in advance because there's tons of logistical things. Like 
you have to make sure all of your gear and all of your equipment is ready to go. You have to like set out ahead of time. You have to triple check that your bike is ready and good and everything. So just when you're doing that and you're just thinking and thinking and thinking about the race day, at least for me personally, it just like festered in me. And then you see like all these people show up that just look like they're sponsored by Nike, you know, <laughs> like just very like athletic looking people and everyone's super nice but right you just it's so easy to just feel so small you know totally so yeah I had a lot of anxiety and we get there you know my parents show up our parents and um that morning too do you know that I woke Neil up and I was like what am I doing? I She's never going to do this again. I need to be there. So I started like searching for flights. I don't oh know why gosh. it didn't occur to me before like the morning of, but I was like, why am I not there in person? I need to be there. And I looked for flights and they were all like, you know, stupid oh. expensive, like $1,800 flights. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going. It's okay. We'll just have to do one together. Oh, <laughs> I'll just come be your cheerleader. I will. I will be the cheerleader that both neither of us were. Oh my and gosh! You can for both of us. You can do one more Ironman. You're so nice. Well, for the record, you were still so extremely supportive, and it like even just friends and family like texting and calling like that means so much. But yeah, we just we're we're there. My anxiety is just rising, and I'm constantly praying this whole time. I'm just like calming trying to calm myself trying to be like it's okay um there's a song gosh who sings it called confidence anyway I just keep listening to songs over and over that I'm like that are like trying to give me confidence and calm me down and so I go to bed the night before I do get like five or six hours of sleep like what time are you going to bed and what time are you waking up I think I was in bed at like 10 30 or 11 and then what time did you have to be at? Four in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Because we're, like, in Santa Rosa, and the swim, which is first, it's swim, bike, run. The swim is up at Lake Sonoma, which is, like, almost an hour drive away. Wow. And Cody was nice enough to, like, get up and drive me there and not make me take the bus. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, we got up at 4 a.m., and I actually did get, like, five or six hours of sleep, which was really that's like really good for a night before a race like this but I'm just dying I'm honestly like sweating thinking about it (laughs) just you show up and there's so much energy there and it's so I mean you performed piano for years like I can imagine this is like the nerves that you feel right before like it's like your big performance like right that you've been working on for months and months and months. And even though I wasn't, I certainly wasn't like trying to win or anything. I just wanted to finish. Yeah. I just didn't. And there's so many things that can go wrong. And And do people do these and not finish? Yeah. All the time. Like every single triathlon you go to, like there'll be people that just something goes wrong. And actually going back to Shauna, who I talked about, who was my Bishop's wife, who really inspired me to do this. She had someone give her advice that she shared with me. And that was something will go wrong. Something will go wrong. So just plan for it. And so the whole day I'm like, what, what is, is it my gonna something be? that's yeah. going to go wrong? But anyway, I, I show up. I'm so nervous. I'm like, gosh, I'm just in my mind. All these scenarios are playing through. And I'm scared too. Like I, I get really scared swimming in open water. I'm a life jacket person. <laughs> Our dad totally raised us to be yes. like life jacket people, you know. So I'm so... Even though I'm, like, at this point, like, I consider myself a really strong swimmer. I trained a ton. You pull into Lake Sonoma, and it's like, welcome to Lake Sonoma. Deaths this year. And then there's, like, a number. (gasps) What? It's like, don't be the next. And so you have that. 
So that's I, nice. Yeah. So I, I'm like anxious about that. And then we, and then just like the bike totally has always scared me. I love being on the bike, but just like someone speed. hitting you or something yeah. or hitting a rock or In training, like getting hit, but on the race day more. So just like falling off my bike, getting hit, getting in a wreck. And then just the fear of not finishing because you just pour your heart into this and all you want is to be able to cross that finish line. Right. So anyway, we wait. Cody's there. He leaves. I'm putting my wetsuit on. I just, and it's just a slow, slow thing. Like you slowly wait. And then once the gun goes off, like all the fast people and the professionals go. And then you just kind of inch your way up because it was like either a wave or a rolling start. I can't remember what they technically call it. And the minute I hit the water, it's like this cold lake water, but not too cold. It was actually pretty warm. I just felt so calm. Like Really? Oh, yes. And it was the same for the half Iron Man. Like I was just, I had so many nerves. I felt like sick because I was so nervous and you hit that water and it's just like, I'm going to be totally fine. You're like in your rhythm. You're yeah. like, I can do this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So keep going. Okay. So the swim. Basically, the swim was probably the easiest part of the day. Refresh us on the miles again. So 2.4 miles <sighs> of swimming. <laughs> so crazy. And every course is different. Is like, it just like you jump in and it's start and you just are swimming to the other end of the lake and that's the finish? So every course like is a little bit different, but this particular one, it's kind of just picture like a rectangle in the water and you do that twice. So it's like... A, How do you know? There's buoys. So you get okay. in the water and you just follow the buoys and... So I get in the water and the first lap was a little more stressful because actually by the time I'm doing my first loop, all the really, really seasoned athletes are like looping around me. So there's a Does little that bit stress of like, you out or are you like, okay? Um, I trained for it. So it didn't stress me out as much. And okay. I had done like probably three or four smaller races in preparation. So that didn't really bother me, but this was probably the best part of the day. Like I just got in there, I'm doing my strokes, like... I was breathing every other stroke and then like every probably eight strokes, I'm like lifting my head out of the water, looking to see the buoys to make sure I'm like not going off course because it's super easy to veer off. What kind of stroke are you doing? I don't even know. Um, just a freestyle stroke. Okay. Like everyone in the water is doing freestyle, which if you don't know what that is, it's just your basic, like your basic stroke that you picture when people are in the water. Anyway, I do the first loop and at this point I'm just like... I'm, I'm looking at my watch. My goal time was 90 minutes for the whole thing. And I was at right at 45. So I'm feeling so good. I'm feeling strong. I feel a lot more calm now that I've been able to like get in the water and move. And then I do the second lap and I'm like pretty tired toward the end, but I finished in 93 minutes. So I get out and I'm just like so happy the swim is done. I'm like, yes. Because that's the part you were most afraid of. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, the bike probably a little bit more so, but yeah, I was just, I was afraid for the swim. I just get, like, big open water. I just have a fear of drowning. So, um, even though I, like, I knew I was going to be fine and I knew I was strong enough, I just, there's so And they much... have, like, lifeguards or something watching, right? Yeah, they have people, like, on paddle boards and boats and, but there's stories, right? Like, there's always, like, some terror story that someone brings up about. <laughs> anyway, I was so relieved and I had a great great leg and that was probably the best like leg of my entire day so you go to something that's called a transition and this is when you like change um you don't change because you're in like a tri suit that you can wear all day but this is when you put your socks and your bike shoes on I was so scared for the bike 
because you come out of Lake Sonoma and there's this like gorgeous bridge that you go over and then you just drop, you drop down this huge hill. And for people who are familiar with like triathlon, it there's all these signs that say no aero bikes. So if you watch people like doing these triathlons, they're kind of oftentimes crouched down if mm-hmm. they have a special bike for triathlon and people weren't even allowed to get down on those bars because it was so steep. Just for safety? Just for safety, yeah. So I'm just like terrified going down this hill. I'm like, I'm trying to think positive thoughts. I'm praying the whole time. I'm like, please protect me. Please protect me. Please be okay. Don't crash. Don't crash. Don't crash. (laughs) I get down the hill and then I get in my rhythm, right? I'm like, okay. You know, I start working on these rolling hills and then just... Are you listening to music? No, you're not allowed. You can't have a device with you the whole race. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Just for safety. Like you get like disqualified or pulled off the course just because especially on a bike, like you have to be aware of what's around you and then on the run too. So I start getting my rhythm and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good. And I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm in beautiful, like wine country, right? So you can imagine Mm -hmm. like tall trees and grapes and it was super pretty. And then like, and did you see Cody? Sorry, I keep interrupting. But did you see Cody like after the swim and on like transitioning? Yes. First transition. I see Cody and that totally just motivated me. Like, he's yeah. cheering me on. He's like, you're doing so great. And that just, like... And my parents were there, too. Our parents. Yes. They weren't there till the bike. Okay. So I did see them a little later in the day. It was really hard to get to the lake, though. But because Cody had dropped me off, like, he was already there. So I'm riding my bike. I'm feeling really good. But there were a few things that were just really challenging. And the first thing was, I just saw... I saw this guy, like... I saw people doing CPR on this guy at mile like 25 and it just mentally really scared me yeah like I was just like and this was like a fit guy you know and it's just so I think in retrospect it's easy to be like well of course she's gonna be fine you know that's such a rare thing but you're on your bike and you're just like oh my gosh what happened that could happen to me yeah and I just kept praying like it's gonna be fine I tried to calm myself down and that went away that was on mile 25 like Five-ish. around mile 25, yeah. And remind me again, how many miles on the bike? 112. So it's, <laughs> it's really early on, right? That's really early. And, and I was also like, so many miles. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, oh I have goodness. to like push this out of my mind. It's just not going to be like a thing, right? Okay. Like I'm praying for this guy. I hope he's okay, but it's not going to like consume my whole bike ride. But for the bike, like the hardest thing, honestly, was I had this back pain that just flared up in my lower back and it did not go away and it came at mile 50 like really really strong wow and it hurt until the very bitter end of that bike ride so I did see our parents and Cody at mile like 89 and that totally boosted my spirits but honestly the bike took me just over seven hours and I would say that like more than half of that I was in a lot of pain for my lower back okay and I I vaguely remember asking you this, too, when we did that one, like, live video forever ago. But how are you eating during this? Yeah, no, that's a great question. For me, I just drink my calories. So people will do different things. um, But something I found that worked for me the best was I just had, like, these water bottles. And that's part of, like, the preparation when you show up super early. So at, like, transitions, you have your water bottles. But there's also stops along the way. But I had basically these water bottles just loaded with calories. So I think I consumed probably like, I can't even remember, but like two to 3,000 calories the whole day just through drinks. These are like little zip fizz kind of that type yeah, of thing that like you're like dumping powders. in. Like powder. Okay. Yeah. Lots of powder. Wow. <laughs> okay. 
So, okay, cool. Keep going. And then, like, you're ha- obviously you have to stop for the bathroom, too. How in the world does that work? Yeah, I got lucky. I mean, I had to go to the bathroom. I intentionally went to the bathroom. Every time I swim, I have to go to the bathroom. So I went to the restroom. And they have stations for you? Yeah. Or? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's stations, and you know where those are ahead of time. But I went to the bathroom right after the swim, and then I think, and then I, yeah, and then I went between the bike and the run, and then I went one time on the run. So I was really lucky. Like, I just kind of went during my two transitions and one time during the run but and like how are you filling up your water during like did they have little stations where you just like hurry and fill up your water like you take a quick break or like they have cups they have cups with like Gatorade and water but for the bike it's kind of hard right because you don't want to like you pull on and off a whole lot yeah so I had my own drink for the bike I would just kind of refill like a water but then I had my own like bottle that was just for like calories and nutrition and it's also hard too. You have to keep up on that because what you don't want to do is crash and burn. You don't want your body to like like forget and not have enough nutrients exactly. to keep you going. Because okay. at that point, it's too late. So yeah, the back pain was terrible, but like I made it through. And mom and dad and Cody were at that second transition, and at this point, I'm thrilled. And I'm they're like, just like cheering you on with a sign. Oh or... my gosh, yeah, they yeah. have like matching University of Utah paraphernalia on, <laughs> so I can like spot them easily. And they're just cheering me on. And, like, as I'm, like, hobbling off my bike, which, by the way, the minute I stood up, all that pain was relieved. I felt so much better. It was just terrible lower back pain. But they're cheering me on as I'm, like, getting sunscreen slathered on my arms. And How are you feeling at that point? I'm just feeling so thrilled to get off the bike. But I remember thinking in this moment, like, I could so be done and just be, like... Well, yeah, most people could still be done after 100 miles on the bike and a, you know, 90-minute yeah. swim, too. Yeah. No, I was exhausted. But I also didn't feel like I can't do this. Like, I was like, I've trained for this. I can do it. But I was tired. I was like, oh, man. Like, I could just sit down right now and have an ice cream cone and be good. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but honestly, my spirits were so lifted, like, seeing family and then, like, being done with the bike. Like, I wanted to just chuck my bike and, like, never see it again. So... I get in this tent and I just have to say like the volunteers at these events are saints. Like they're also cheering people on just as much as family. So they're like removing my shoes for me, helping me get my running shoes on because I'm like really shaky and they're making sure all my equipment's good to go. So at this point in the day, the race started at probably like, I don't know, 630. And at this point in the day, it's probably like three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe actually probably closer to like four. So it's time to run. So I'm just thrilled. I'm like, oh my gosh, even if I have to walk the rest of the way, like I know I'm going to finish this race. Mm -hmm. So I lace up my shoes and I start to run. And in the beginning it was just, I honestly thought that I would like run faster and slow down toward the end of the course, but it was actually kind of the opposite way because my muscles were so just tight from sitting on that bike for over seven hours. So kind of had to like break it back in. Exactly. Like I had to like kind of loosen my body up and I would start like, I'd like run two minutes, walk one minute. And then I kind of just built up slowly, like run three minutes, walk one minute. But at this point, my Apple watch is like way dead. I didn't put it on airplane mode, which was like one of the biggest mistakes I made all day. So I have no idea like how long I've been out there, how much distance I've ran. Um, But I'm just feeling good. I'm like, there's people out cheering everywhere. This is where most of the spectators are. 
So I'm out. I'm like trying to run and then I'm walking and I'm running and I'm walking. Did you have like a GPS tracker or something? Because um, like Cody was giving us updates all all day like, oh, she's here and now she's there. And yeah, I had a chip. So I had like an ankle Oh, and chip we on. could we could look at your thing on yep. the on website the too or the or app. Whatever. That's what yeah. it was. Okay. Yeah. And it was super cool. So anytime someone does a race, like you, I had a little tracker on my ankle that I keep on all day. Like I keep it on during the swim, bike and run. And then you can see like pretty accurately, like once I walk past certain points or bike past certain points, it'll like check me in. And that's when, that's why you could see like, okay, oh, okay she's here. So the running is overall pretty good. Like I'm really tight, but I'm loosening up and it just was super weird. Like this really weird thing started to happen where like the mile markers just didn't seem quite right. And I'm like trying to add up the miles in my head, but like, I just felt like I like see a mile marker for nine and I'm like, there's no way I've run nine miles. But then I'm, I'm honestly so tired at this point that I'm like, well, maybe I'm just delirious. Like, this is great. Maybe I'm just like floating through these miles. And so I keep running and I keep going and I saw mom and dad on like my first loop. And just to give some context, this loop, this run is kind of like a figure eight. So you basically do it three times and you're done. And it was nice. It was shaded. It wasn't crazy. It was pretty flat. So I'm enjoying the run at this point. I'm like talking to people alongside me. I'm just like, this is great. I'm just going to do it. But on like my second or third time, I hit mile marker 18, I believe. And mom and dad are there and they're just like, great job. You're cruising. And I'm like, and we were on the group thread. We were like on our group, family group text. We were like, wow, Brooke's running so fast. You guys had way too much faith in me. I knew something was wrong. And Cody did too. Cody was like, I knew you weren't running five minute miles. <laughs> because, I mean, I usually average like a 10 minute mile. And I, I am like running past mom and dad. And I'm asking mom and dad like, what's wrong? What's going on? And their dad and mom just have big smiles on their faces. They're like, keep going. In the meantime, though... Cody and mom and dad are like, something's wrong. And I'm kind of in my mind, like something's wrong. Like I'm missing it. And I just slowly realize like, oh my gosh, like I'm not, I'm missing distance somehow. There's no possible way. Like I had been running for like, I don't know, like an hour and a half or two hours. And like for me, especially after everything I've done in the day, there's no possible way. I've already run 18 miles. And at this point I'm just praying. I'm like, Heavenly Father, just help me find the distance. I'm going to be so crushed if I cross that finish line knowing I didn't do the whole race. Just because, like, I worked so hard. I poured my heart into it. I made it through that swim. I made it through that terrible bike. Like, I want to be an Ironman, and I want to cross that finish line. And I was also, like, worried about being disqualified or, you know. Right. So I'm praying, 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 and I'm just so, like, defeated. I'm like, what happened? So it's my last loop around. It's my third time and I'm keeping my eyes peeled and I hit kind of the, almost like the middle point of that figure eight. And I see this 180 degree hairpin turn and there's no signage up. It's literally like taped on the ground with arrows. And I just kind of like die, but I'm also like elated all in the same moment. Because you're like, okay, now I know what is going wrong here. I just, it like hit me like a wall. I was like, oh my gosh. Because the first two times I'd run this loop, there was no one in front of me. So I'm just like 
it's kind of hard kind to explain, of went. but I just kept going straight. Whereas I was supposed to really like, there was just a certain point where I was supposed to stop completely, turn around and go under a tunnel. And, and that, basically complete the figure eight instead of doing just half of the eight yes. as a loop, do the other half of the eight, the exactly. figure eight. So I'm literally just running the bottom loop and everyone's like, you're cruising, you're doing great. And I'm like, this feels wrong. Like, yeah, this doesn't feel normal. And so I get to this point, I figure it out. And then, yeah, like I said, I'm simultaneously so happy that I figured out, but I'm also like, oh my gosh, I have to do this upper loop. And it was about five... Oh, not quite five miles. So think about that three times. That's like a couple, two to three more hours of work for me. And I'm right. just like, oh my gosh, but I'm like so thankful that I can do it. They figured it out. So I now not only have to backtrack, but I have to go do this upper loop three consecutive times in a row. So I get going and I see Cody and I found out he'd actually been waiting in this one spot for me for an hour. Oh my goodness. And he's like... I was like, Cody, I was almost like in tears, honestly, because I was like, I messed up, but I figured it out. And he's like, I know. <laughs> he just like looks at me and he's like, it's okay. And I was like, how long have you been waiting here? And he was like an hour. And I was like, and I mean, of course he's going to wait there for me. He's there is to he see like me. Is he like running alongside you as you're talking or is he just, no, he's just, just having a quick exchange. Yeah. We're having an ex- a quick exchange. He's just like where there's a road and a sidewalk. Cause I'm kind of on this like dirt path almost. Mm-hmm. But it just, even though, of course, he waited, like, it meant so much. Like, he waited a full hour to tell me, like, you're on the right track. You're doing it right. Like. Keep going. Keep going. You've got this. You've got this. So I do the loop. And then he was still there again for my last loop. And I was just like, you're still here. And he was like, of course I'm still here. And I just, anyway, he um, looked at me and he's like, you're almost done. Like, give it everything you have. And I just looked at him and I was like, okay, like I'm going to do this. And this was my last loop. So I probably at this point had like five or six miles to go, which after like a whole day of an Ironman, that feels pretty short. What time of the day is this? This is like eight or eight thirty night. So, so it's you've like, been going from 6am to eight thirty ish at night at this point. Yeah. So insane. It's yeah. It's been a long You're day. You're like 14 hours into this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's starting to get dark. But just seeing him and hearing him motivate me, like... Because it was in the summer, so it yeah. was a long day. Yeah, it was a long day. It was long July. Long daylight. So I'm like, okay, I got this. And I just keep running, and, and, and my running gets better. Like, as the distance goes on, I'm running longer and longer, and I'm having to walk less. And part of that is just kind of like what I explained with my body just getting, I don't know, like, more loosened up, but also... I just think like there is just this fire in me of like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to do this. And so it was really interesting. I got out of that upper loop and I finally, for the third time, walked past that bloody point of (laughs) (laughs) where I had to like go back and recorrect. And I just was like, I'm doing this. And at this point I'm in this shaded area and there's hardly anyone. And anytime you do a race, even if it's like a marathon, or half marathon toward the end, like it just thins out. There's just less people toward the end of the race. And it was quiet and it was so calm. And I just felt so many emotions in this moment, but I just kind of had this like quiet moment to myself of like, I did it and I'm going to do this. And it was dark and people are starting to like pull out their headlamps. I didn't have a headlamp with me, but 
I get closer and closer. And at this point, I'm just running. Like, there is no walking. I'm just like, I'd get goosebumps thinking about it. But I'm like, I'm doing this. And I can start, I can start to hear, like, the announcer from, like, a couple miles away and then a mile away. And I come out of this kind of, like, tree-covered area and... I pop out and there's just people everywhere. And I've got my little bib on mm-hmm. with my name and just people are like, Brooke, you're doing so great. Good job, Brooke. Like, uh, of course, I don't know any of these people, right? Right. But I'm just, like, just cheering you I on. I felt like they knew me. I felt like they were my best friends. And I'm yes. like, I got this. And I have a big grin. And then I keep running a little more. And then like our dad pops out of nowhere and he's like, Brookie, and just starts like running on the other side of the fence with me. And he's telling me things like, you're doing so great. I Can you believe it? Like, you're almost done. You look so great. He was just, I could tell he was so proud and so encouraging. And, and then he said something like, okay, you're going to run around this part and I'm going to go, but I'll see you at the finish. So anyway, I could just, I'm going to like lose it. But, um, it just was such a cool moment because you literally like around this corner you're in like downtown Santa Rosa and you just see this shoot like this runner shoot and there are people just lined up beside this red carpet and then there's like an arch at the end that says Iron Man and I just sprinted down that and the people are like banging these little walls on the side Mm -hmm. and they're just, it's like I won the race. Like I'm running down this as if I won the whole Ironman race. And I sprint down that and I see like mom and dad and Cody on my left right before I cross the finish line. And they're like, Brookie, listen, you are an Ironman. And it just was honestly like, it was worth every ounce of training, every hard moment in the day to feel that moment. It was life-changing. Yeah, we were crying and screaming from, (laughs) we like somehow air streamed it from like the computer onto our TV screen. Yeah. And, you know, we felt like we experienced it with you. (sighs) It was just amazing. And I was like posting on my Instagram all day long, like, she's at this point and now she's doing, she just completed her bike and like, you know. There were so many people that were, no, it's just like so many people were invested that day in what you were doing and so excited for you. And I mean, and I could feel that you can feel, of course, like I I knew people were like praying for me and texting me. And of course that night when I got home, like my phone was just completely blown up and I couldn't sleep even though I was tired because like your mind is just spinning. But everyone, like family and the volunteers, like it me, like you, you probably think like, oh, It doesn't mean a lot. It does. Like, even if you're watching a race and you cheer a runner on, like, it means the world. That's so cool. So try to explain that feeling of, like, crossing the finish line. It's just honestly a lot of feelings at once. And it's such a high, like, and now that I've, like, had a baby, I feel like it's kind of a similar thing. Like, there's a lot of buildup and it's really, really hard, but you do it and it's just, like... You feel accomplished. You feel, like, so spiritual, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's really a spiritual moment. Like, you just feel really close to God. You feel really connected to everyone around you because people are literally there just staring and cheering and watching you cross that finish line. You feel humbled. You feel exhausted. It just honestly was so just rewarding and just, like, the most pure, like, satisfying, rewarding high you could ever feel. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's giving me chills, too. Yeah. 
So tell me about some of the adversity that you overcame, like, with this whole Ironman experience. Like, because there were some things that you faced that were hard, right? Yeah, I mean, I touched on, like, during the day, you know, the, each of the legs kind of had their different adversities. But I think, honestly, for me, the biggest piece of adversity that I faced was just resistance. Like, just people indirectly telling me, like, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of those people, like, mean well. Like, no one, like, stared me straight in the face and said, like, you can't do this, and, <laughs> you know. But just, like, feeling that, just, like, just feeling being, like, kind of judged almost in a way. Like, oh, you're brand new. Like, you just started. You can't do this. Or who do you think you are? That kind of energy. Yeah. I had just a really challenging experience with the coaching I was receiving from you know this group and I couldn't have done my Ironman without the mentors I had and without my coach like they literally set me up with every single workout and I did it and I wouldn't there's no way I could have done it without them but there were things that were really hard I overheard like my coach talking about me to another coach and saying like oh she just means so well and she's just trying so hard but like poor Brooke, that kind of thing, you know, just like. How did that feel in that moment? Oh, I felt so dumb and so small and just so like. Small. That's a really good way to describe. I just felt like, like it didn't ruin it. I obviously still was able to overcome it, but it just made me feel so dumb. Like, and I think too, like, like I said in the beginning, like a lot of this caution was coming from a good place. It was people that didn't want me to get hurt. It was people that didn't want me to like try and fail. But I just felt so much like they didn't believe in me, you know, and I just had a really hard time with that from some of my mentors and just, it was, it was hard for me to show up in a community where a lot of these people are just really flipping amazing these people like they're like career athletes yeah like I was honestly working alongside like pro triathletes and and a lot of them were really really good about like mentoring me and being like they weren't like too good for me you know but some people I just felt like they were kind of like pay your dues like do this for 10 years and then show up you know or then you can do a race but it was really it was really hard it was really hard to just just to, just to hear, to like audibly hear like, uh, you know, and even from the beginning, like you need a couple years and I just wanted to do it so bad. And I actually remember like during my training, going on a run with Shauna, bringing it full circle and looking at her and being like, can I do this? And she was like, she looked at me and I kind of was waiting to see what she would say. And mm-hmm. she was like, you know what? I think, I think anyone can do it if they're committed to the training. And she gave me that and you, like, you and, you know, our brothers and mom and dad, like, even though no one in our family knows a lot about triathlon, like, you guys all provided that and, and Cody provided it. And so I really just had to hold on to that. But it, there was a lot of just, like, who am I type, type of adversity. So how do you feel like you overcame that? I just feel like... I overcame it because I I wanted I wanted it so bad like I wanted to accomplish this dream so bad and I knew that if I didn't do it and then like I started our family and it just like life became too busy like I knew if I looked back and I didn't do it I would have so much regret 
And then I also overcame it just by just leaning on people that I knew, like, really believed in me and people that I knew who really knew me, like Brooke and what I was capable of doing. So the big question that people always ask you, they or they asked you right after, like, when's your next one? Or are you going to do another one? <laughs> I like now that we're talking about this and all the emotions are here and just I'm feeling all the feels I'm like gosh I want to do one right now but um it does take a lot of time and commitment and that's why I did it and I I think like very very earliest maybe like in 10 years or so because I think I know actually a lot of people that just say like it's not really an easy thing to do when you have kids at home once kids are in school a little bit different there's a little more time in the day but, you know, when you're working out like 15 to 20 hours a week, plus you have all these other things on your plate. So I would say I, th- I think I will do one again one day. It probably is going to be like down the road, down the road. Yeah. OK, so what's the best thing? What's the most impactful, like life changing thing that you learned from all of this? I think from all of this, honestly, from like the beginning of the story of like running my first mile, honestly, to the half marathon, to the marathon, to the Ironman is you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And I know that's so cliche, but I just, if I can run an Ironman, I can do it. If me, the person that like hated the mile run, that showed up to a public pool and had her husband like teach her how to do a stroke, you know, in the (laughs) pool the year earlier, and a girl who was just terrified to like get on a bike and, you know, put clips and, and, you know, ride like on an actual road bike on. If I can do it, anyone can do it. And I think just as long as you're willing to put your heart into it and work on it, whatever it is, you know, obviously not just triathlon, but whatever it is, like if you really want to do something, if you surround yourself with people who believe in you and you are committed to it, you can totally do it. So my last question, if someone listening is like, I'm inspired, (laughs) I want to do this. What's your advice to them? My advice, of course, is go for it. Um, But start with something like I did. Like, start with something where you can get a taste for it. Start with, like, a sprint triathlon. Or if you're focusing on running, start with, like, a half marathon or a 10K and try it out. And if you like it, you can do double that. You can do more. And, you know, find a mentor. Find someone that can help you. That was huge for me. You know, we talked about, like, Heather Mm-hmm. And we have other friends, you know, that I, I consider Heather a friend of mine. And there's a circle of her friends that also were incredible mentors to me. So just surrounding yourself with people who will lift you and tell you you can do it because there will be hard days. So, but yeah, I mean, seriously, like if I can do it, anyone can do it. That's amazing. Thanks so much, Brookie, for coming all the way up from San Diego and sharing this huge piece of your heart with us and teaching us I feel like I just you know ran a little mini (laughs) Iron Man with you today we did we did one together that was pretty cool thanks for yeah for being willing to just share that experience with all of us and help us learn something well thank you for having me it's been an honor to be on your podcast thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcast and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.